Good morning. Breakfast is today sponsored in loving memory of Avraham Chosh, Lilui Nishpat Avraham Ben Zoleika and Yechezkel. Aleya Mashalom, sponsored by his grandson Ben Chakshur. Uh, as well, we have breakfast is sponsored in loving memory of Victor Azrak, Aleya Mashalom, Lilui Nishmat Yeshua Ben Reina, sponsored by his son Marvin Azrak. As well, breakfast is also in spo- sponsored in honor of the Shiloshim of Sigui Kleiner. Uh, sponsored by the Kleiner family. And the class is sponsored by Leora and Jonathan Kohanov from Los Angeles in honor of Shanari Shona. This is his Bar Mitzvah Parasha for health success. Shalom Bayit to help spread the Torah to all the Jews through our uh, foundation. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu bless you and the community to grow and achieve great heights. Hazaku Baruch. The Pasuk says, Im Kesef Talve et Ami. If money you will lend, uh, if, if, if money you will lend, et ami, my nation, et ani imach, the poor man who is with you. Again, im kesef if money you should lend to my nation, to the ani, to the poor person, imach, that is with you. The idea of siddakah that we learn over here is a fascinating one. And that is that there are many different ways that a person can give siddakah. The, the pasuk is telling you, maybe if the way that you happen to give tzedakah is by lending someone money, you know, that's a wonderful thing. With the ani is imach. What does it mean that the ani is imach? A lot of times, people, they are hesitant to lend money to poor people because they feel, what chances that I'm ever going to get it back? So therefore, if you're going to lend money to, uh, to ami, to my people, the ani imach, the only way that's going to happen is when the ani is, when the poor person is imach is with you. If you could see that your son, or that your daughter, or that your brother, or that your friend, someone that's in your circle, in the, within the, the circle of people that you love and you care about, needs some help, you go to the guy and you tell him, look, you know, it's not, I'm not going to give you, I'm not giving you this money. I'm lending you this money. But in the back of your head, the reason why you're saying that is only really to give the guy the little bit of dignity that he, feel, that he doesn't need to feel that he requires that charity. So the, the way that a person gives, im kesef talve'et ami, if you're going to lend money to, my, uh, to the poor people, then the only way that that happens is when the ani is really imachis with you. And I thought to myself, you know, what a beautiful mitzvah and, uh, 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 and structure to the mitzvah that is. When someone can take the ani and not stand on opposite sides of the transaction to them, but rather that the ani is imchai, is with you. He's part of you, and therefore, in whatever way I can do to help and to do that in the best possible way, of course I'm going to take, I'm going to take that chance. Our chachamim tell us that when a person does tzedakah in the right way, it has the power to save him from anything, even including death. There's a remarkable story with the family called the Orenstein family. In Eretz Israel. there's a place called Bate Orenstein. And he was a very wealthy man. And he used to give tzedakah to anything and everything that would come his way. One day, a man comes up to him and he says, Look, you know, uh, I know that you've, you, you know, you're approached by so many people. I don't want to bother you. I know that you give to every mitzvah, but I, I don't know what else to do. My, my son, my daughter's getting married. I have no money to be able to pay for the wedding. And the wedding is very, very soon. Please, whatever you could do to help me, it would mean a, a tremendous amount to me and my family. And he thought the guy would give him a nice donation or something like this. This wealthy man, Mr. Orenstein, he says to him, listen, 
He says, what you've said and the way you've asked me in such a nice way, in such a, you know, sometimes people can be a little bit curt and a little bit demanding when they ask you for money. But sometimes the way the person asks you with humility in the right way, it really strikes a chord. And such was the case, it struck a chord in the heart of Mr. Orenson. He says, listen, tell me however much the wedding is, I'm going to take care of the whole thing. The guy couldn't believe it. He said, but on one condition, on condition that you invite me to the wedding. The guy says, invite you to the wedding? You're going to be the reason why the whole thing is happening. Of course, we would love to have you at the wedding. He says, okay, no worries. Give me the number and you have it. He made his calculations. He gave the man the number. And Mr. Ornstein writes him out a check. The guy goes, he can't believe it. Unbelievable. He comes home. Everybody is so excited. They're so happy. They're so relieved. They're crying. They're hugging. And they start to make the preparations that now they can actually afford to be able to put together. In all the hubbub, amazingly what happens is, he forgets to send an invite to the one thing he asked him. Comes the day of the wedding. They're about to start the marching. In Yerushalayim by near the Me'asharim. They're about to start the marching. Shh. <laughs> They're about to start the marching. And what does he do? He realizes she biflage, the one person that he had to invite more maybe than anybody else is not there. So you know what? People usually, they rationalize in such cases. Oh, I'm sure he'll understand. He probably was just kind of saying it to me to be, you know, I'll send him a nice note, something like this. The guy, he said, no, it can't be. It can't be that this guy is responsible for the wedding and he's, he asked me for one thing and I don't respect, I don't honor his, his wishes. So he stands up under the chuppah and he says, we're supposed to start marching now. But all of you are here gathered today at this wedding because of the merit of one person. And his name is Mr. Ornstein. I could not have made the wedding without him. I was supposed to invite him, but I got too busy and I forgot. He says, it's only right that we pay him the honor. And because I forgot, and now it's going to look like a last minute request, I thought maybe what would be nice is if we all stood up and went together as a wedding party went to his house and invited him personally. I know it's a little bit of a challenge at Tircha, but it's right around the corner. Please, if, you, if everyone would be willing. Of course, people heard that this person sponsored the whole wedding. It wouldn't happen without him. The guy forgot it. The father feels so bad. They're stopping the whole wedding. Even the Hatan and Kala are going to wait for this. Everyone agrees. So the entire wedding party stands up. And they walk out the door of the wedding. The caterer for sure was going crazy. The wedding planner was found later, uh, you know, shot herself in the head for sure. But this whole place, everybody stands up. They march out the door. They walk down the streets. What that must have looked like. Rabotai, the most unbelievable thing. They get to, to the house of this man, Mr. Ornstein. But what they did not know was that at the time that they were marching towards this man's house, Mr. Ornstein was the wealthiest man in the whole area was experiencing in his home a armed robbery. They walk into the house, they make him empty the safe. It's not enough because they heard so much about him. They make him, at gunpoint, they ask him for all of his wife's jewelry. They give all their wife's jewelry. They say, please, just leave us alone. We don't actually care about anything. Just take it, everything, just please leave us alone. They can't believe it there. Greed knew no bounds. They take the, Mr. Ornstein, they tie him and his hands and his legs to the post of his bed. They take his wife, shove her against the bed as well, take her hands and legs, they tie it, and they keep with their guns in their face, they're saying, we know you're hiding more. 
Where is it? These two Arab guys with guns, crazed look in their eyes. They're moments away from being shot in the head. All of a sudden, what, what are these two Arab gunmen here? They hear this noise of people rushing down the street, walking, and they think someone must have raised the, site, the secret alarm. They dropped all of the money, everything they left on the table, all of the jewelry they left. They climbed out the back window of the house and they ran away as quickly as they could. The, the party comes to the door of Mr. Orenstein. They knock on the door to hopefully open the door. And what happens? The door swings open. They can't believe it. They say, hello, hello, hello. And they hear screaming upstairs. They say, come upstairs, come upstairs. They rush up the stairs and they find the donor, the guy who was supposed to come to the wedding, tied, bound uh, to, the bed, to the foot of his bed. They cut him loose. And the man, they cut his wife loose. He hugs his wife, he can't believe it. He says, Could you imagine if you would have sent me an invitation? If I wouldn't have turned up, you invited me. You wouldn't have come here with all the people, with all the noise. You wouldn't have scared them away. My life would have been over. And I thought to myself, maybe that's the Peshat in the Pasuk. We're talking about the laws of Tzedakah. Why are we talking about lending? Why are we talking about lending someone money? If we learn out all the halachot of Tzedakah from these Pesukim. So one answer we gave was the dignity of the Ani, that you don't tell him you're giving it to him, you're lending it to him. But actually what we learn from this story is that in every single scenario of tzedakah, no matter if you make the stipulation or not, you're lending him the money because he's going to pay you back even if he doesn't pay you himself. Even if the guarantor of that loan is God himself, that money, that zechut will come back to be able to pay dividends to you and to your family. There's going to be an ani imach with you. There's going to be a need, a poverty, a lack something that's going to need to be serviced in your own space. And I was reminded of one pasuk that we read last week. Hashem says, I am Hashem your God. Elohei chesef, gods of silver, do not make with me. One interpretation of that is that God was saying, don't make idols made out of silver. But another understanding perhaps is deeper. HaKadosh Baruch says, I took you out of Egypt. I, I, I saved you when you had nothing. Save other people also. Don't turn your money into another God. Don't make with me gods of silver, gods of gold, of precious jewels and precious metals. Remember that once this was you, if you lend kesef to my people, then ultimately, the thing that is lacking, that which is poor in your own home, will be Hashem also uh, uh, be eradicated and will be dealt with uh, post haste. Baruch Amen. Amen.